across to the United States of America first. Celeste Katz Marsden is on the line. G'day, Celeste. How are you? Good morning. Doing well, thanks. That's the way. I believe the results are in for the top 10 snobbiest states of the United States. Um, so tell me, who are in the top 10? Well, I am speaking to you from state number one. Is that the, right? Apparently, the snobbiest state in America being Massachusetts. So is that... congratulations to us, I guess. Uh, is it really a snobby state? What makes it a snobby state? So this company, it's a, a career company, a jobs company called Zipia, and they did a um, a survey where they calculated which were the snobbiest states based on a couple of different measures, um, which which are not completely arbitrary, but probably don't capture the whole picture. But basically, they looked at uh, about four different categories, which is the number of people with a bachelor's degree uh, level of education, yes. uh, the percent of those people who had degrees in the arts and humanities, uh, the number of Ivy League colleges in the state, and the yearly number of gallons of wine consumed. <laughs> that makes you a snob, does it? <laughs> they don't come apparently around my place. Does that. <laughs> they apparently considered using craft beer, but they ended up using wine as the, uh, as the metric. Isn't that amazing? So Massachusetts takes it out. Uh, yep. And who else is in the top 10? So the, the full top 10, uh, according to this list, again, I'm sure this was a highly scientific survey, but we had Massachusetts, <laughs> Vermont, Connecticut, New York, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, California, Oregon, Maine, and Virginia. Oh, well, there you go. I'm wondering what would be the snobby state of Australia. I'm wondering, at the moment, maybe Western Australia, they like to do it their own way at the moment, all, all in a <laughs> lockdown. Hey, I'll get picked on by the Western Australians. I love WA. So, yeah, snobby state, hey? Massachusetts. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I'm, it's, you're lucky that I even agreed to uh, have this conversation because I'm really too good for it. I've got to go run off and talk about the arts and humanities now. That's right. Ah, la-di-da, sipping a wine, right? Exactly. Yes. Two years we're into the pandemic and the world apparently is dangerously unprepared for the next one, according to a new report, too. Yeah, that's that's something that uh, people have been talking about here, and that, that is, of course, of, of real concern. Essentially, uh, there has been a study. Uh, uh, they're putting together something called the Global Health Security Index, and it looks at each country's ability to prevent... Uh, pre uh, prevent, detect, and respond to health emergencies based on a, a series of categories. And um, the responses are not great. The United States and Australia are both in the top 10, but there's a long way to go in terms of finding these things early, getting uh, government to move into action, and uh, restoring uh, public confidence in government, that's a that's a big deal. And that's certainly been a big deal in the United States in terms of the pandemic. People just aren't sure whether they can trust their public officials to to handle this appropriately. Yeah, it's a worry, isn't it? And, and Australia, as you say, is in that top 10 that uh, are unprepared for the next pandemic. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, you'd think we'd learn by now for sure. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, some of the issues are that people feel like the government isn't being transparent enough about what's going on, or they're good at being reactive. In some cases, we've learned how to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to to locate things like, you know, outbreak clusters, uh, or uh, set up contact tracing to find out who's, uh, who's spreading the virus where and, and so on. But, uh, being more proactive, looking forward, trying to stop these things before they really get out of hand, as obviously they have since uh, COVID-19 presented itself uh, outside its its origin area. Uh, Those things are are really still something to worry about. Yeah, you bet they are, definitely. I remember watching a a doco called Pandemic uh, just a month before what happened, what took place in, in uh, you know, across the globe, and I, I couldn't believe it. I thought, my goodness, it's all coming true. It's just uh, terrible. But here we are two years later, fingers crossed that we uh, at least start to learn from this. Um, Instagram, other social media apps, need to have stricter regulation, according to U.S. senators. Yeah, there's been a, a hearing this week, and people have been talking about this for quite a long time, that Instagram, uh, from a number of different measures, including internal documents maintained by Instagram, uh, shows that uh, too much exposure to the app can apparently be really dangerous to people's uh, body issues, uh, body image issues, a sense of well-being, comparing themselves to other people. Uh, there have been some questions about whether these platforms are actually uh, addictive in some ways. And this is, of course, a big concern, especially for young kids and particularly young girls who look at these uh, very retouched, filtered, uh, enhanced photographs and compare their own realities to somebody else's retouch and, of course, find themselves lacking. And that that's not great for, for kids growing up and, and trying to feel confident and happy about themselves. Yeah, that's right. And it's not good to compare with anybody. I mean, your life is different to their life. And yet so many people sit there and go, my goodness, they're having a lot more fun than me when they go onto these apps. Yeah. So this is this is something that people are talking about. Should there be more parental controls or should there be a way for uh, parents to adjust this so their kids can use these kinds of platforms, but do it in an age appropriate way? Because I, there's also a lot of stuff on there that's that's not really right for a little kid. No. Well, and, and also this is a whole generation that's grown up with knowing nothing but having social media. So it is quite scary for the future. Yeah, very much so. And then, uh, of course, not just consuming it, but uh, kids putting things out, feeling pressure to appear or present themselves in a certain way that, again, might not be appropriate for a kid who's only 13 or 14 or 15 years old or sometimes even younger. Yeah, that's right. And then that's with you, that stain. If you make a mistake, it's with you for the rest of your career, your life. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, are you somebody that uses Twitter, Celeste? Are you somebody that, uh, you, do you get attacked on Twitter? I know I gave it all up. I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do use it primarily. I use it for work. I don't, I remember when it first came out, it was sort of, People were tweeting about, well, here I am getting a coffee. Well, now I'm putting sugar in my coffee. I'm taking my coffee and going in the other room. And, and it was sort of this running uh, you know, documentary about people's lives. I generally tend to use it more to put out uh, stories or, or notes about things that I'm working on or things that I find interesting or to help me find people uh, to talk to in my reporting or sort of you know gauge opinion. But I, I try not to get too wrapped up in it because it can be a real rabbit hole. And yeah, people have attacked me. That's not fun either. No, not good at all. All right. Well, the first time ever, for the first time, Hillary Clinton has publicly delivered uh, 
the victory speech that the world would have been given back in 2016 if she had have won. Yeah, she did this as part of uh, there's a video series of of courses called Masterclass. And so she was as part of her Masterclass presentation, she delivered the speech that we would have heard if she had not been defeated by Donald Trump in 2016. And uh, she actually got quite emotional during the presentation, particularly when she was talking about her mom. Her mom had a really tough life, was essentially uh, uh, abandoned and neglected by her family. And so she's uh, in the speech sort of addressing her mother and saying the things she wishes she could have said to her mother when her mom was a kid and say, look, I know things are tough now, but you're going to have a great life. And in fact, your daughter's going to be president of the United States. So she did She did get a, a little verklempt when she was uh, sharing that information. Yeah, I mean, they say that Bill wouldn't have made president if it wasn't for Hillary. She was the power behind the throne. I think I think that could be very much the case. We all know that she has a uh, a strong influence on the people around her. But it was uh, uh, this is being seen as a sort of a moment of rare vulnerability from from a woman who's generally known to be rather uh, battle hardened by everything she's uh, done in her in profession in her life. And any plans for the weekend, Celeste? Actually, I think what we're going to be doing is getting that Christmas tree. And oh. I have heard, or we've talked about on the program, yes. that there can be uh, Christmas tree shortages in Massachusetts. But we are we are hoping to luck out this weekend and uh, secure our tree a little early. All right, fingers crossed. When do you ex- do you get snow in Massachusetts, or is it As too? A matter co- of fact, we got our first our first snowfall last night. Wow! Actually, wow, that's that early, done. isn't it? That's fairly early. Sometimes, you know, the weather's been so unpredictable and so sort of extreme. Sometimes it's been, I mean, just a few days ago, I think it was up in the 60s, if not higher. And then we had snow. So really hard to predict. But I I remember earlier and later snowstorms, I I would have to look at a chart to see where this falls. But it seems about right. So maybe fingers crossed a white Christmas on the way, right? Hope so. All right. Well, happy Christmas if I don't get to speak to you beforehand, Celeste. And uh, happy holidays and uh, all the best. To you too. Thanks so much. All right. That's uh, Celeste Katz, who is uh, speaking with us from the United States of America, from the very snobby Massachusetts. What would you pick as, um, maybe you can text me, 04679 What would you pick as the, the snobby state of Australia. I wonder if we have a snobby state. Do we really? Wouldn't be Tassie, would it? Would it well, maybe is it a territory? Could be a territory. You know the one I'm talking.